you probably know some people like Thomas. You might even be a person like Thomas. I mean, Thomas wasn't stupid. What they were telling him is hard to believe. Lots of people question the resurrection. In fact, we have, in humanity, invented every conceivable way to deny the resurrection. Including simply redefining it so that we can say we believe in the resurrection when what we, what we mean when we use the word resurrection is not the resurrection. There's a whole branch of Christianity, although I hesitate to use that word for it, that spiritualizes the resurrection. It says the resurrection is something like an idea. And only something like an idea. So today I thought, well, let's question the resurrection. Let's ask the questions. These questions have been asked since there was a resurrection to ask them about. And since these are very old questions, they have very old answers. The first question is, what do you mean resurrection? When Christians say Jesus rose from the dead, what exactly do we mean? We don't mean that the idea of Jesus rose from the dead. That is not what we mean. And by the way, the claim of the resurrection from the dead of Jesus is the very core of the Christian faith. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. This is the gospel. He says it just like that. This is the gospel. Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture and then was seen by hundreds of people. And he says that is the gospel. If you want to say, what is the gospel? In one sentence, here it is. Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose again. That's it. And that is the good news. So, what do we mean when we say he rose from the dead? Well, we don't mean that, you know, just the idea of Jesus, you know, the good guy, is ever living and rose from the dead, and we should follow the good ideas that he preached. That's not what we mean. What we mean is he actually died, 
His heart stopped, his brain stopped, his body stopped. He was dead. The man, Jesus, died. And that's why Paul adds in that passage, he was buried. That's like saying, really, he died. When we say he died, we mean it. He died and he was, he was in the grave. Buried. Some people discount the resurrection by saying, well, he didn't really die. No, he really, did. he really died. You know, those Roman soldiers, this wasn't their first crucifixion, and they could tell when somebody was really dead, and he was really dead. And, of course, they took him from the cross, and they put him in the grave, and they, he was dead. Wait, but I was asking the question, what do we mean by resurrection? What we mean by resurrection is that body that died rose from the dead. Not another body, not some mysterious spirit being body. No, that body rose, got up from the grave. And this is very central to the Christian faith because the promise of the Christian faith, the promise of the gospel is that will happen to you too if you believe. You will die perhaps one day and you will be raised, not some ghosty spirit of yourself. No, you. Flesh and blood, you. You will be able to hug one another, shake hands. The human being Jesus literally rose from the dead, and the central claim of the Christian faith is that that is a historical fact, not just some nice spiritual idea. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then this whole thing is just dumb nonsense. He rose from the dead. And that's what we mean when we say that. Physical, bodily resurrection of the human being, Jesus the eternal Son of God made flesh. And what we believe is that that person, that human man, human being, God made flesh, human being, is right at this instant alive and seated at the right hand of God somehow. And in our union with Him, so are we. <laughs> This is the very heart of what we believe. If we don't have the resurrection, we don't have the Christian faith at all. We are all in here wasting our time. But He is risen. <laughs> so this is the opposite of a waste of time. This is the best thing you could possibly be doing together with the body of Christ, singing praise to the risen Savior. <laughs> okay, that was the first question. The second question is this, does it matter? I think I might have already answered that by accident. Can't people recognize and follow the teachings of Jesus without 
accepting the claim that he physically rose from the dead? Because that's hard to accept. I mean, it's scientifically impossible. And when I say it's scientifically impossible, I really mean that. It's utterly unprecedented. There's no other resurrection from the dead that was really a resurrection from the dead. I know what you're thinking. You're going, well, what about Lazarus? Well, he was sort of raised. Lazarus, lucky guy, got to die twice. He was raised, but not like Jesus. Jesus, the Scriptures, calls Jesus the firstborn of the resurrection. (laughs) The resurrection leader. And when we die, the hope of our resurrection is in his already happened resurrection. So don't can't people follow Jesus, though, without, you know, buying into all the miraculous things? And the answer to that is, well, I suppose they could in a way. But my question is, if you don't believe in the resurrection, why would you want to follow Jesus? Because if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, he, he was at best crazy and at worst evil. Jesus said, look, if you don't love me more than your mother, get lost. I wouldn't put up with that from anyone. I've, if someone said that to me today, I would say, okay, bye. Jesus demands our lives because of who he is, the risen one. And if he's not risen, following him is foolish. If Jesus is not the Son of God come back to life from the dead, then no one should follow him. Because the level of personal commitment required is utterly unreasonable. If he is the eternal son of God made flesh who died for our sins and rose again, then there is nothing more reasonable than to dump your life into his lap and say, please have me. Please have me. And of course, he did say, if anyone comes to me, I will never turn anyone down. If you trust in him, if you just say yes to his promise of resurrection in him, in union with him, then you have it. No questions asked. And so if he's who he said he was, then (laughs) you're crazy not to follow him. And if he's not who he said he was, you are crazy to follow him. So the resurrection really does matter if he's not the risen one. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. The resurrection proves the atonement. Because Jesus died to give his life for the penalty for our sin, my forgiveness depends on his death. But if he just stayed dead, 
then he's just another one of us. Because he's risen, I know it's true. Because he rose, I know the atoning sacrifice of Christ has been received before the Father. And so access to the Father is mine because he ever lives to make intercession for me. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead in the same body that died on the cross, then his claim to be the Son of God is false. His claim to pay the penalty for our sin through his death is false. His promise to raise us from the dead is false, empty, if he himself did not physically, historically rise from the dead. Here's the third question. What makes us think or believe that the resurrection actually happened? How do we know it's true? Can we determine something that happened that long ago? We certainly can't prove it by science. I mean, nobody else has ever rose from the dead. We can't run experiments to show that resurrection is possible. What makes us think it's true? Well, we're making a historical claim, and so we use historical evidence to show that this did, in fact, historically happen. In other words, we rely on the testimony of the witnesses. How do I know George Washington was the first president of the United States? I didn't see him. I can't repeat that event and make sure that it's possible. I can't show it scientifically. I have to show it historically. Because many people were there, and they saw it, and they wrote it down, and we now have their testimony. We believe something to be true. You see, science is not the only way we can show what, that something is true. In fact, when it comes to historical events, science is no good at all. It doesn't do anything for us because it's not about history. It's about the mechanics of the natural world. And so when we're talking about historical fact, we rely on witnesses. What about these witnesses? Who are the witnesses? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, there were hundreds of people who saw Jesus risen. All of the apostles saw Jesus risen. The things we've read in the scripture this morning are written down by people who saw these things happen. Thomas literally put, well, he didn't because he chickened out, but he could have put his finger in the hole in Jesus' hand. He was standing right there. They saw it, and they tell us they saw it. Well, this kind of leads to another question. Should we believe them? What they say is they had personal, physical contact with the risen Jesus after the crucifixion. That's what they say. Should we believe what they say? They might have been lying.
Well, then we got to ask questions like, all of them? All of them? Like they all, these 500 people, or even just these 12 people, they all got together and said, let's lie about this. And by the way, let's spell out the details of our lie so we make sure we keep our story straight. So every... Well, it's already a bit implausible, but then you come to this little fact. Nearly all of them died for saying Jesus rose from the dead. Now, this makes it really hard to believe that they were lying. They could have been wrong, but they believed what they said. They... It's very rare for a person to die for something they know isn't true. It would be really hard to get Andrew to say to the Roman governor, oh, well, how could I embrace uh, the Jesus without embracing the cross of Jesus? He says to the Roman governor, he says, hey, deny Christ or I will crucify you today. And he says, oh, I thought you were going to threaten me but you're giving me the thing I've been looking forward to my whole life, to follow Christ in giving my life for his name. Well, that's really crazy if he didn't really believe that Jesus rose. He really did believe it, and so did the others. They really were not lying. It's really hard to make a conspiracy stick. You know, the resurrection of Jesus changed the course of history. It is really hard to explain what happened in the world if Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead. Now, the world is really good at not noticing this. And if you even point it out to them, they go, ah, they probably won't have a very good argument against it, but they'll, they'll scoff. Because why? Because it's impossible. To which we say, that's why we call it a miracle. It's impossible, but God did it. And it actually happened in history. It's a real thing. And they weren't lying. Maybe they were all crazy. And again, you might have to say, well, all of them? So caught up in the idea of resurrection that they bought it even though it wasn't true? Well, that would be easier to believe than they were lying about it. But the problem with that is, none of these guys believed the resurrection was going to happen until it did. Not a single one of them. Jesus was talking about it all the time. And it's like, it it never dawned on them that he meant what he said about that. They all ran away. None of them were standing around going, okay, he's going to come out any second now. Here he comes, here he comes. None of them. They were all in hiding when that happened. They were all afraid they might be next. 
none of them believed in the resurrection until they saw the resurrection. And so their testimony is true. And so ever since then, massive numbers of people have received that testimony as the truth. And when we're talking about a historical event, that's all we can do. We can't prove this like by some experiment we might run. No, we prove this by the soundness of the testimony we have received from the apostles. Now, the scripture says something more about us that have believed this testimony. It says that no one believes this testimony. That's what the scripture says. Our starting point is nobody believes this. Nobody, including me. I did not believe this because uh, I went to a lecture and I became persuaded by the argument that it was true. Though that did happen to me. I mean, I already believed it at the time, so I was only persuaded more than I already was. But nobody has put their faith in Jesus Christ because they lost an argument. Something else has to happen. You know what it is, I think. What has to happen is the very Spirit of Christ has to move in the person so that what the Scripture calls a blindness that keeps them from seeing this is healed. And so that they see Christ as He really is. And so when they see Christ as He really is, they trust themselves to Christ. This happened in, the, in, the, in each one of the apostles. It has happened in everyone who has put his or her faith in Jesus Christ since forever. Spirit moves, the person sees Christ, the person believes in Christ. And so I'm telling you these arguments, but I'm not telling you because, you know, if you just go out and say this stuff, then people will fall down and believe in Jesus before your eyes. Well, they might. They might, and I think you should try. You should try. It's Easter time. It's a good time to say, hey, have you ever thought about whether the resurrection is real? People might ask you uh, if you went to church. Uh, maybe not, but maybe you'll have an occasion to tell people what you did today. And what you did today was you went to church for Easter. And then you can say something like, have you ever thought about whether the resurrection was real or not? And you can spell out all these things, answer all these questions. And honestly, for me, it's a compelling argument. I don't know how people resist it, but they do. I do know how because they're blinded. 
So when you spell out the arguments, you should also pray. Because if God doesn't do what God does, no, none of us is saved. So we ask God to do what God does. We share what we know, which is the good news. Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. And this fact was witnessed by hundreds of people. And this fact has been witnessed by me spiritually. And you, if you have trusted in Christ. The witnesses of the resurrection were sound-minded, honest people who shared news they knew to be true because they had seen it with their own eyes. Jesus rose from the dead. If we don't believe them, it's not because they're not believable. It's because we've decided beforehand that something like the resurrection isn't possible. The spread of the gospel and the growth of the church could not happen if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. The very history of the world revolves around that fact. Praise God. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Father, we give you thanks for that is all we've got. We love you, Lord. Thank you for sending your Son to give his life for ours by our access before the throne of God. Thank You, Lord, that in our union with Him, we too have been raised from the dead. Thank You, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen.